This is Todd from the Junkyard Outreach. Welcome, and thanks for joining me. For more information and episodes, check out junkyardoutreach.com. Jeremiah 17, verse 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. For those of us who know God, we understand that God somehow knows what is really inside our minds. And this is scary when you think about all the bad things that we harbor in our thoughts, as well as the moment-by-moment things that we allow to invade our thinking. So we can easily become afraid of God because our invisible wickedness is as evident to him as the visible. So it becomes important for us to meditate on things that please him, as Paul writes to the Philippians in chapter 4, verse 8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. So disciplining our minds to focus on things that please God points our thoughts toward Him as we learn to take every thought captive. In 2 Corinthians 10.5, it says, We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. And this is difficult to do since we are so used to operating in our natural minds where we entertain whatever pleases us. But through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can have victory over our tendency to focus on wicked thoughts. But in light of the fact that God knows what's in our minds, what about the pain and the grief that's lodged there as well? Does he see those things too? Yeah, sure he does. And if we are willing to release those things to him, he will set us free from the very things that hold us prisoner in our own minds. Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And he's not only referring to the physical labor that we can be tired from or the stress involved in that, he's also referring to those things in our minds that have over time simply worn us out. We can become tired, disillusioned, weary of life and simply want to die. But Jesus comes along and says, hey, come to me and I'll give you rest. And how can he give a tired and thirsty soul rest? Easy. He knows exactly which part of us needs that rest. So as he searches our hearts, he sees those things in our hearts that cause us issues. He also abounds in love. And often what a person needs is love to jumpstart their joy. And he does this. And we as his followers, we can do this too by just simply being others-centered. Saying, God, what do you want me to do? How can I encourage this person? How can I meet their need in this moment? And also through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, meaning God's Spirit is in us. And because the Spirit of God is in us, we have that communion with Him and spending time in prayer, believing, trusting in His direction, reading His Word, and learning about the character of God and more. Those are all ways to enter into that communion with God. It's another way of getting rest for your souls. And something else to consider when thinking about God searching our hearts is that He also knows our insecurities. And everyone has insecurities, many of which are carefully concealed and never addressed. And when I'm honest with myself, I can understand my knee-jerk reactions better as I delve into what insecurities plague my life and why. But God knows all these things very well, and he can and does address these things in our lives, bringing security to those areas where we are terrified of certain things happening. And love is one of them. Anyone who has been betrayed by a person who was supposed to be in love with them can relate. For these people, it may be better never to allow love to enter into a relationship because of the memory and trauma caused by that betrayal. But God never betrays. He never stops loving us. His love is infinite, 
and secure. And that's why I can come to him after a night of sick thoughts bouncing around my head, broken again, and ask for mercy and forgiveness. I know his love. If I didn't know his love, then I would feel hopeless. But it says in Lamentations 3.22, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God's mercy is new every morning? If you understand this and know that in Him you will find mercy and rest for your souls, you will begin to change from that old insecure person with destructive hidden thoughts packed away in the mind to a forgiven person who finds joy at last. I remember my life before Jesus. I'd been to a few countries that were cool. I'd also had some really cool traveling experiences where I felt like I was on top of the world. And then just as fast as they came, they went. And now all I have are foggy memories. And this kind of came to a head one day when I was on this epic trip in the South Pacific. I was walking on this beautiful beach on this tropical island, uninhabited tropical island. There were literally palm trees draped over the beach, just like seen in the pictures on the calendars and the travel ads and all that. And during that time, I wasn't committed to God, but I was kind of like, well, is there a God? Yeah, you know, God, I kind of want to know you. I was just really kind of on the fence. And I was walking alone on that beach because I was having this really weird feeling of sadness and disappointment. Here I was living the dream, and I wasn't happy. I'd saved up for over a year to go on this really cool vacation, and now I was walking on this amazing beach watching exotic marine life swimming around in the aqua-colored water, and I felt bummed, and I couldn't figure it out. And then it happened. God, who searches the heart and mind, spoke to me in a very clear manner, and it freaked me out a little bit, and he said these words, So what now? And it hit me. All my life, I wanted to do things to reach the top. I set my mind on doing things that other people would very likely never do, and I loved it. I wanted to do the things that other people would go, whoa, that's amazing. And I would come to realize that these were frivolous adventures that cost a lot of money, and the only thing I had to show for them was a few pictures and souvenirs. Oh yeah, and a few t-shirts that would wear out within a year. But God searched my heart, saw my insecurities, saw my motives, saw all that stuff. And he waited until I had come to that place where I thought it would be the ultimate experience. And it turned out to be a letdown. It was disappointing. The trip was fun and exciting, but I was not content with who I was. And I tried to create someone who I thought people would want to see. Being honest and open about my feelings was something I would never do. That was for weenies. I was a man, and as a man I had to be strong, but inside I wasn't. So when God asked that question, so what now? I answered audibly. I actually answered it. Walking down the beach, I said, I don't know. And I continued to walk. At this point in my life, I had fulfilled all of my major dreams. I didn't dream too lofty, but I did have some pretty cool dreams. And it just so happened that I had fulfilled those. I'd done them. Now I was stuck facing the reality that there's really nothing great about achieving things if you're not content and honest with who you are. And I didn't like that. And a few years later, I would, through some difficult circumstances at work, be brought to my knees and finally cry out to God that I've always known was there but never thought I needed him like I did. Well, when you crash and burn and you realize that the dork in the mirror is really not that great of a person, you start thinking about, what do I do? I realize what a putz I am. How could I have a life that I was actually proud of? Simple. I had to change my superficial identity for a true identity, the identity I was created to have. There's a lot of talk about identity these days. People are identifying with what particular identity suits them, but mankind was created to identify with the Creator because the identity that we were created to have, we can only get from the Creator. In Galatians 2.20, it says, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. 
and the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You'll find this verse in many Bible memorization programs because its foundational truth is spelled out pretty simply. The old me is gone, the new me, powered by Jesus, is here. So putting off and putting on that principle that Paul emphasized to the Ephesian and Colossian believers is now reinforced in this new life where we now have our identity in Christ as God fills us with his spirit. We can now proclaim this by water baptism, that's what it is, where we're buried in the water and raised again from our dead identity into new life with the Holy Spirit. Spirit running the show. So when Jesus said, come to me and I'll give you rest, we can now rest in him as he is our king. We no longer live for ourselves, rather we live for God's purposes. And the irony is that the child of God who really wants adventure, excitement, purpose, acceptance, or whatever, you find these things in Christ. And the resulting peace that comes from having a new identity in Christ, that peace is from God and it's real. So you know it's better than our fake identity that we try to create so we can get our own way. We are now new in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. When we are new in Christ and God searches our heart, he still finds junk, but it's a lot easier to let go, and God will never ask for something of you that he will not give you something better in return. So if you're looking for new identity, you want to be real with God. You want to be the person that God has created you to be. Cry out to Jesus, trust him, obey his word, and rest in the fact that he loves you and you are a child of God. And that's your eternal identity. Thank you.